Hey everybody, welcome back to another podcast. So today's topic that I wanted to discuss, or just share a little bit of, because it is a big subject. The topic is risk in cybersecurity. Now, this topic is pretty big. So I think for that for this podcast diary entry for today, I'm just going to go ahead and introduce a bit of risk analysis approaches. Um, I'll share a little bit about qualitative, quantitative and hybrid approaches. The types of modeling ideas for quantitative analysis. And I think I'll also go ahead and share two examples of why this subject can be quite confusing. So the topic of risks, or the topic of risk, it sounds clear at first, um, but it can be pretty daunting when we first jump into it properly. Trying to map out the process seems pretty blurry, and that is because there are many frameworks and standards, as in this is my personal feeling and opinion. And also talking with colleagues, it, it can still get a little bit confusing because of the amount of frameworks available. So when it comes to risk, I'm still trying to map it out in my mind as a solid sort of step-by-step -step process, but I just haven't managed to grasp it yet. But that doesn't mean that I don't really understand it. So I, I do understand it. I can carry out the individual steps, but it's that being able to visualize a repeatable process. So maybe, maybe it's just because we have to understand the steps within this broad topic of risk. And then once we've got these steps or the topics, we have to then implement that knowledge into a current framework or standard, knowing that the frameworks and standards in different countries or um, depending on certification, they're, they're all different. And then we have to then take that and try and implement it into an organization. It has to also fit there. So in brief, um, just a quick overview. Risks can be broken down into like three or four different processes. So if we're going to think of the first step would be like a risk assessment. And I'll talk about that in, in a different podcast. And then you can we move on to like risk analysis, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in this podcast. And then maybe like a risk treatment plan, which will be in a different podcast. And then risk management, like monitoring and stuff like that. And that would also be in a different podcast because the, these subjects are just so big. And let's have a look at one of those examples that I said at the beginning. I said there was going to be like two examples. So one of the examples is like according to the BSE, so the Bundesamt in the Informationstechnik uh, for 2021. So that's like the, the German Federal Office for Information Security. A risk analysis refers to the complete process of determining threats and vulnerabilities by identifying, assessing, and evaluating risks. A risk analysis is also carried out when a particular area of security requires increased protection needs. So that's how it's been defined in the documentation from, from the BSE. But then if we look over to, for example, the second example of why this can all get a little bit confusing, is that if we follow, for example, the ISO 31000, the risk management, then what it's saying we should do is we should identify, analyze, evaluate as part of the risk assessment, then carry out a risk treatment plan while monitoring, reviewing, and communicating. So the whole concept between those two examples, they're pretty much the same. It's getting to the same point. But the way 
to go from A to B is slightly different, so that's why it gets a little bit confusing. So it's easy for someone new to this area of cyber to begin to feel a little bit lost. We just have to remember that the concepts all have the same end goal, but it might take slightly different paths to get... <clears throat> oh, sorry. We have to take different paths to get there. So I think, yeah, depending on the standard, the framework, the country that you're in, and then it's probably always best to get hold of corresponding documents which correlate to that end goal. Now, if that sounds a little bit confusing, um, I'll try and simplify that. So for example, um, some companies in Germany, they would ask, as well as knowing or being able to carry out or implement uh, ISO 27001, for example, the information security management system, they may also require or want to use a framework form from the BSE, you know, the Bundesamt für Sicherheit in the Informationstechnik. So they want, may want to carry that out, where in another country, they may want to follow like the NIST framework, for example. So depending on, on which country, uh, some companies will want to carry out different frameworks. But again, getting from A to B is a little different, but the end result is the same. So there is a very good book. It's by uh, Hubbard and Cyrus, and I think the name is uh, pronounced and it explains that the risk matrix, which is often widely used across cybersecurity to present the severity of likelihood and impact, you know, these matrices, matrices, they serve pretty much just a simple illustration, which when, when you look at a risk matrix, it may be numbered as an example from one to four or one to five, one being that the impact or the likelihood is very, very low and five being that the, the impact or the likelihood of something happening is very, very high, extremely high. So, but as time moves on, and it seems the topic is becoming a lot more, um, yes, it's a hot, a hot topic at the moment, I think. And that topic is the quantification of cyber risk. So as time goes on, there seems to become there's become an opportunity for for another model to so taking the subjective um, risk matrix with numbered one to five, and there seems to be this movement at the moment to then move one step further, almost like an upgrade to a quantitative, objective approach. So if we're going to look then or talk about uh, one of the models, um, which is the cyber risk quantification approach then we're going to need to quickly jump into a qualitative analysis or quantitative analysis and, and look at what the difference is so depending if we are to approach this topic from a subjective or an objective analysis that will decide on the framework and the procedures which are going to be, be carrying out if so for example if we approach the risk analysis from a subjective direction a qualitative analysis, then what we mean by this is that the allocated grading or the results may be based on a personal feeling, an input of data, which that may derive from the opinions of cybersecurity experts. So that's pretty much when we come down to it, pretty much asking the cybersecurity experts, what do you think the chance of this happening? What do you think is the possibility? 
or the probability um, on the scale of one to five? What do you think the impact will be? So you're just getting um, subjective information back. You know, you're getting personal feeling on what could happen. But if we want to move towards more data-driven and numerically measurable or measured value, we want to have a probabilistic model to predict the actual likelihood and impact of an event happening. This is that, that next stage I was talking about. Then we need to look at an objective approach, a quantitative analysis, which it can be achieved through using uh, mathematical models and simulations. Now these mathematical models and simulations, which can be created, uh, use Bayes theorem, they use Markov chains, or you can use Monte Carlo simulation. Again, it's quite, it's quite technical to, to carry out a Bayes theorem uh, mathematical model. Um, this is really strongly math sort of focused. It's quite tough. The Monte Carlo simulation is a lot easier. Setting it up is a little bit confusing, trying to actually find the data points or what it is you want to measure. But the actual simulation is quite interesting. And uh, pretty much if you if you haven't heard of Monte Carlo simulation, you can take uh, a scenario, you can build out scenarios. For example, you build five scenarios of the same um, problem, just with different type levels of threat. And then you can simulate that through like a further 10,000 simulations. So you can take scenario one, simulate that 10,000 times and it will give you a randomized probability. You can take scenario two, again, simulate that 10,000 times with random uh, numbers to give a random uh, probability and, and so on. And you can keep simulating through uh, different scenarios. So it's, it's quite interesting and it produces some really interesting results. So, but I will cover those in, in more depth at another time because they, they are, I think each one of those is quite a deep subject. And uh, I definitely need to read more about the Markov chain, the Bayes theorem. I implemented a bit of that during my studies, the Monte Carlo simulation, so I spent quite a bit of time on that, um, just playing around with it and, and creating a, a risk analysis, a risk assessment report. Um, for, for one of the projects and it's interesting what what you can do though so we just spoke then about uh, quantitative analysis and we also mentioned about qualitative analysis which is asking and getting feedback from asking so non-numerical then what you can do is you can combine those and have a hybrid approach um, which is, I see, I see that quite a bit. I see a little bit of a quantitative analysis mixed in with qualitative analysis. And what's interesting in that book by Hubbard and Syerson called uh, "How to Measure Anything in Cybersecurity Risk." What's interesting is that there's a section in that book that explains how um, how to go through collect subjective information and to process that in the direction into switching that subjective information into objective information. Um, I hope I've managed to put that explanation out there without butchering it. But that's pretty much um, 
And that, that, that is a section within that book which explains how using this personal um, feedback, this personal knowledge uh, from cyber security uh, experts um, and how there's a training that be, can, can be carried out to create or improve a thing called like a 90% confidence interval. So where um, an expert can train themselves to more accurately predict an outcome or get closer to a number without using mathematical theories. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting section and it all comes down to, to learning and training. So then once I've decided on, on an approach that we wish to use for creating or carrying out a risk assessment and risk analysis, then we can begin to map out what results we would like to see. So because although data is king, there's a lot of data that's available, we still need to use the data wisely. It's very easy to become overwhelmed with the amount of information that you get. It's very easy to think, okay, this is what I want to know from the information, but you get so much information. Uh, it's very easy to start creating other little branches of uh, results and then follow down those pathways and, and sort of come away from your actual hypothesis. So what we need to do is remember a thing called uh, SMART, an acronym called SMART, and uh, especially when deciding on a mitigation plan to reduce the risk. So when, when I mention SMART, is literally meaning specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound. Now there's different versions of this, but uh, it's always good to keep this acronym in, in, in the back of my mind. So when I'm mapping out a task or project analysis, um, wh whatever, requires a process and then I, I try to think about this smart acronym okay keep it specific is it measurable is it achievable relevant to, to what i'm doing is it time bound how long is it going to take will i get it done in time and then when i'm talking about for example the mitigation of the identified risks then i think that can be helped through for example the information or implementation of a ISMS, so Information Security Management System, which uses the standards and policies and procedures such as like 27001. I think 27001, um, there's now from from the end of last year, I think that, yeah, from the end of last year, yeah, 27002, for example, also has um, an updated edition, so 20, uh, 2022 edition. So again, Again, what, what what I just put into this podcast diary is it's all based on my current understanding of learning and experience, which is bound to grow and develop over the time with the possibility that this information, which I've shared and put into the podcast, that could change. The information be, could become a lot more in-depth, accurate. It, it could also become be slightly inaccurate. I'm still on this learning path. And a good thing about this podcast is that I'm able to just talk or explain my thinking at that time. And then as time goes on, I'm going to be able to recall this information and improve upon it. As it's all part of the learning process. So also bearing in mind that like, you know, standards, the policies and procedures, as well as people, processes and technologies, that will all change and adapt over time. So I hope I've managed to shed a little bit of light. 
I look forward to coming back to this podcast myself and in a month or so having another listen and then thinking oh no maybe I need to update that maybe I need to just um, add a bit more to that or explain something a bit better but uh, yeah I, I appreciate everybody being here and listening and uh, listening to me just putting across <laughs> my, my learning curve you know having something like this it is again it's very daunting to to put yourself out there and and put the information into a podcast but on the other side i think it's very useful for myself and, and other people who may be entering into cybersecurity want to know more about cybersecurity or those that are already in cybersecurity and they, they just want to listen to something different and uh, i think it's good to be able just to to relax listen to something and uh hopefully gain some information out of it but like i said I, i'm still on a learning path some of my information may not be a hundred percent correct and that's something that that i will learn and develop over time so i look forward to to sharing the next next podcast with all of you and uh yeah hit that follow button and uh make sure you, you have your notification bells on if you want to be notified every time a new podcast goes live. Okay, take care. All the best. I'll speak to you soon.